You're listening to the Owls AmeriCast, sponsored by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Special half-year passes now available. Sign up now at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. Another big knockout win at Brighton to discuss here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. Maybe not as uh, vociferous celebration for this one as the last time we played a big match away in Brighton. But nonetheless, we will talk about Wednesday's first FA Cup win over a Premier League team in God only knows how long. But first, the usual housekeeping. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I am drinking a Galactic Coyote from Finch Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois. I I bought a single can of this when I was doing my pre-Christmas alcohol shopping, so it looked interesting. And I pulled it out tonight because after a comprehensive 1-0 victory over a bottom half of the table Premier League team, you start dreaming about uh, warmer days, Wembley Stadium, what beers you might be drinking there. So this is a uh, watermelon and Thai basil kettle sour. The sour part comes in when they announce the fourth round fixture and it's a way to QPR. (laughs) Also with me this week for a nice uh, intimate evening of Sheffield Wednesday talk, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeff. How are you? Um, I have some wine. I have a Pinot Grigio that I bought after um, the cup game. And uh, I was a little bit tipsy from uh, drinking during the cup match. And I got on the way home uh, hastily. And it wasn't until I got to the counter that I realized it was like way more expensive than I wanted to pay for it. Mm. Uh, but I was in the tipsy mood, so I paid for it anyway. Yeah, so it was 24 bucks for a bottle of Pinot Grigio, which is way more than I used to pay for a Saturday night wine. Mm-hmm. I used to pay like $14, $15, and I'm happy with those cheap stuff. Can you tell the difference? Yeah, I don't like it. You, <laughs> you cannot taste the difference. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like very watery. It's not very nice at all. On the agenda this evening, we have the aforementioned win at Brighton. A lot of Wednesday news, including the usual ITK transfer roundup and a preview of another dirty dirty leads game we will start with brighton fa cup away victory i'm not doing 90 and 90 because just the two of us so we'll just have a nice relaxing discussion of a fairly boring relaxing game. game yeah it's it a relaxing a, game <laughs> it really kind of felt like a friendly it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we were in the football factory, and we just kept looking over. There was about seven or eight Brighton fans. And we just kept looking over them, going, is anyone bothered? Does anyone want to win this? It didn't really seem like there was any real passion or vigor in the game. Certainly no pace. Nobody so, wanted um, to replay, so you kind of tried to score for a while. But once Wednesday scored, it really just seemed like there was just no interest from the Brighton team to... Make a game out of it, which is good because, as we know, Wednesday would have collapsed under the first sign <laughs> of pressure in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. I mean, um, I've never seen. Uh, it seems it seemed like from the start they weren't that bothered about it. Uh, they had a couple of um, 
chances, which we almost kind of uh, gave them. But other than that, I, like Reach at the end of the game, we, we were kind of in control of it. Um, and I think we were in control of it more by the fact that Brighton really didn't care rather than us being exceptionally good. Um, but fair play. I mean, we had a lot of changes. They actually kept, I think, a pretty much full strength side. I think they put a new keeper in and a, and a left back maybe. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty much full strength side for Brighton. And at home against a team that had lost through in the bounce, you'd expect them to roll us over. And we, nice we tidy made six... two nil or something. Yeah, we made six changes, right? Yeah. Uh, as well as bringing in um, our new star, nineteen-year-old viral sensation, uh, <laughs> Osaze Erogide. It's very good pronunciation, gonna... Patty. <laughs> Jeff has phonetically spells it out for me on my agenda. Make sure that you did it correctly. So. <laughs> I think you made it harder, actually. <laughs> yeah, I had not remembered that they had picked him up as a out of contract youth player from Wimbledon this summer. I maybe had other things on my mind, but uh, I noted that they, uh, you know, Lee Bowen did the sort of the karaoke hazing and posted it on Twitter. So I figured he was traveling with the team, which, you know, makes sense for a, for a cup game. And then, you know, no, he's starting it right back. Yeah. And I think even Bullen like played along with it. Cause I think yeah. someone commented on Twitter about who is this new guy. And he says, I think he said on Twitter something like, "Oh, we always bring uh, a couple of youngsters with us yeah. uh, on away days, just to kind of get used to the thing." And then next thing you know, he's starting. So, well, Eric Gide even said that he wasn't uh, said in his viral post-match interview that he wasn't even told by Monk until like the night before. So, Bowen might not have even known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, what was this? This is a lot of things tied to it, right? So, uh, the fact that we're giving a 19-year-old a start over Adebayo which we found out recently that Monk doesn't think very highly of Adebayo, and now he's available of a transfer. Um, so at the time, obviously that, we didn't know that. Uh, we just could assume from that move that if he's trying to blood in a 19-year-old mm -hmm. uh, ahead of him, then that's probably not a good sign for Moses. Um, and But there are also questions, right? I mean, we haven't seen the guy playing under-23s. I think most of us haven't even heard how he was doing under-23s. Um, so it was a real shock, and obviously with the other changes, no Bannon, no Hutch, no Lees, um, it was uh, something I thought, well, well, we're not really taking it seriously. Um, but it didn't appear to be an issue. He got turned twice fairly early on in the game, but after that, he, I think he was given a fairly limited role in terms of what he was allowed to do. He wasn't exactly bombing forward like you know Palmer and Foxwood on, on overlapping runs, but... You know, he held his position pretty well. You know, when he had the ball at his feet in fairly tight spaces, he looked pretty comfortable. Uh, sort of working his way out. He looks like he's got a little verve about him. So I don't know if he's the first choice right back going forward, but he he did not look out of place at all against a Premier League side. No, I think he he looks a little nervous. Like in the first twenty minutes, half an hour, um, his control was a little bit nervy. Um, but other than that, it was composed. He looked like he got pace, looked like he got strength for a young kid. Um, apparently, he's usually a centre half too, which mm -hmm. I always thought was strange. Um, I mean, he's, pretty he's pretty tall. He hasn't. I mean, he looks like a nineteen-year-old. He's not really filled out, but right. But he looks but like I he mean, grow into like an Iorfa type, yeah. like frame. But not only is he starting his first game senior level this against Premier League time, uh, away from home, he's starting it in his not familiar position of a right back. So it was, uh, it was crazy. Um, and he did great. So well, 
all hats off to him. And uh, if everyone's seen, I'm sure you have by now, the uh, interview with him after the match, which every single uh, sports news outlet seemed to pick up on because he was just so... It was just such nice, innocent, kind of uh, joyful kind of expression of his journey from being let go by Wimbledon, I think pretty much uh, in, in July, out of contract, Wednesday giving him a bit of a lifeline. Uh, and he's trained hard and he's come through the ranks at 23s and now he's starting uh, away at a Premier League ground. And he said it was like a proper match day, uh, <laughs> which for a half-empty uh, Brighton stage, you can yeah. tell... You can tell what his expectations were before <laughs> of his usual match day experience. Well, the um, good news is now that he is the the darling of Wednesday Twitter, they definitely won't slag him off as soon as he gives away a bad penalty on like a Tuesday <laughs> night fixture against Wigan in a month. <laughs> oh, you little face. Of course they will. <laughs> uh, that was Patty's talking point. My talking point is no Bannon, no problem. So they started with five in the midfield and Fletcher up front. Uh, no Barry Bannon running the show. And again, it, Brighton didn't seem to take it particularly seriously. It wasn't uh, a game where they were pressing them particularly hard. You didn't need Bannon dropping deep and distributing. But it was interesting to me that the midfield spacing seemed to be a lot better uh, without Bannon sort of running around and, and dropping deep and trying to sort of run the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot more movement uh, from Kieran Lee and um, and Luongo uh, pushing forward, uh, breaking balls up. Uh, Pelopessi was his usual quiet self. <laughs> I think he <laughs> runs away from the ball or anything. He made one pretty good tackle. <laughs> yeah, but he sticks in the same position as uh, Hutchinson does. So, for me, I'm I'm not entirely sure whether it's the players in that midfield three that made the difference, uh, or whether it was the fact that we're playing Brighton and didn't really press us at all, or was it the fact that we're playing four five one rather than four five two? I think this look. We're not gonna drop Bannon. Um, it, we could definitely fit Bannon in a four five one formation and play him in the same position as Lee or Longo were playing on Saturday, a little bit further up front. Um, it seemed Lee was seemed like Lee was a little off on the right too a lot of the time. Yeah, Captain Lee as well. Obviously, when <laughs> um, Fletcher went off as captain, uh, Kieran took over the armband. Um, no, I think they're tidy games, both Luongo and Kieran Lee, um, if not a little bit quiet. Um, we seem more balanced. Uh, like you said, there's less gaps between midfield and forward play, uh, and the wingers seem to have much more support as well from in midfield. So uh, it all depends on, on Fletcher's fitness, though, right? Because we can't play 5 5 one with um, uh, some of our forwards. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> like to see it against... I wouldn't like to see Rose up there on his own or... Uh, Winall, for instance, didn't seem to make much of an impact when he came on Saturday after Fletcher got injured. Uh, the only real target man we've got other than Fletcher is New You, and we know all his, about his uh, strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I don't think you know it was a it was a fun little game to watch for what it was. A little bit of a trifle. I had it sort of on in the background while I was doing other work, but I don't know like how much you can really take away from it because it didn't really feel like particularly, you know, blood and thunder FA Cup type fixture. Here's the thing I'm taking out from this uh, fixture. It's more about what uh, happened off the pitch than on the pitch. One, it appears Monk is really pissed. <laughs> like, after the Christmas results of uh, three losses in a row, uh, it seems to have come at the right time, the fact that the transfer window is now open. And he spoke, I think, today about the club needs uh, a kind of 
clear out. You need some young blood in it. So I think that's why you're seeing maybe uh, Zaze get the uh, debut over Adebayo. Um, I think it shows that the players that did play, I think Reach had a good game. Um, Murphy was very frustrating. You should never be allowed to take a, a corner kick ever again. Uh, <laughs> so if you've but, had this conversation before. <laughs> he did make some good runs. and yeah. he, did get, he did cause him a few issues. I can, I can, I can see... If if Monkey's seeing him in training and maybe he's a bit more better on the ball training, a bit better composed on the final ball, uh, yeah, the I can M see products why just never been there with him. Correct. Like you can uh, see why he's been on the books with the Premier League team for years, but right. it's just uh, he needs to improve his final ball. Um, and he was very frustrating Saturday, and his corner taking abilities were nowhere near good enough for the first team or even first choice. Um, I think Luongo, um, I, I, I think it's good. It's a good message to say. I think one point was essentially saying that it's, it's given people a bit of a rocket that didn't make the game because they've seen that we can cope without them. Mm-hmm. So you'd hope that they raise their game now. I'm not saying that those the start on Saturday are going to start for the rest of the season, but it should give the people that were watching from the sidelines or watching on TV uh, a bit of an impetus to kind of improve their game. It did also remind me, like, why in the world was Burner ever dropped from the side? <laughs> he's just so tidy, like very tidy. And especially Iorfa. when he's next to Iorfa, they're you know they can alternate. They're both more comfortable, you know, wandering a little further afield, and they just seem to have a very good understanding. I think the defense looks a lot better with Iorfa and Burner at the back. Um, so yeah, who knows what he does in the in the uh, first team for Leeds. Um, he's got a bit of a headache on there, I think. So I think I offered had a very good game against Brighton. Anything else to cover from the FA Cup, Patty? I mean, we can say that we're going to play QPR next, I suppose, which is equally uninteresting than Brighton, maybe. QPR away. It's like one of those games where, I don't know. We, don't, we never get much from Loftus Road, do we? We yeah. never go to Loftus Road and play well. Uh, on on the one hand, it's like <laughs> it's very winnable. On the other hand, it's also the kind of game Wednesday will probably blow late. I can see us losing 3 0. I was going to say <sighs> it feels like a 2 1 where the they score before the Wednesday score before the halftime and then like. QPR scores like the 63rd and 85th minute or something. I just hope that their free scoring ways have uh, come to an end by that point. Yeah, two weeks away. I'll be in the city for that one again. So. Oh, cool. Very That's exciting. 24th? Is 25th. It? 20, 25th. Yeah. I assume it's not getting moved to like a uh, glamour fixture time. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope. Mind you, that the draw itself was pretty dire. So yeah. who knows? I doubt we'll be picked there. All right, with, uh, with that out of the way, we'll take a break. and we come back, we'll discuss a bevy of Wednesday news and preview the upcoming not-actually-a-Yorkshire Derby. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. We'll start off with a... Good news, bad news. Good news, Stephen Fletcher won the Player of the Month. Well-deserved. Bad news, Stephen Fletcher's going to be out for a while with a knee injury. 
Has there been an update on what that injury is? I thought the first uh, bit of news was that it was more the promising than we'd initially the thought. The scan was negative. Like, when I saw it and the way he reacted, I thought it was like an ACL or an MCL tear. Yeah. But it's um, not negative. Yeah. It's, it does not seem... There's no muscle tear, I guess, if the scan was negative. So it could be uh, any number of things. He might have just jammed it or twisted it. Um, like, it didn't look like much at the time, which is another reason you might think it's an ACL tear, because that can sort of just happen in very innocuous ways. But I doubt he'll be available for this weekend. I don't think they should rush him back anyway. Um, you know, just let New Hugh go up there and do New Hugh things and pack the midfield and, you know, try to get a result of some sort at, uh, at Ellen Road. But, I mean, it's very clear that you know, we saw it certainly over the Christmas break when he wasn't available for the selection. You know, the team with Fletcher up front, even by himself or with, you know, Rhodes or somebody else playing off him is a promotion caliber team. Without him, it does not look like that. Yeah, and uh, obviously they're going to know more than we are about how long he'll be out for. So um, maybe they look to replace him in this transfer window change the kind of things a little bit there are a bevy of striker rumors that we will get to in a moment but first uh for you local folks in sheffield the no i don't what's so essentially you can explain this better than i can patty uh the team like essentially tried to get an injunction against the leppings lane den being closed and they won today uh, they took them to court, I believe, mm. yeah. So uh, the Sheffield Council told uh, the club that uh, they wanted to uh, stop home fans from leaving by the Leppings Lane end, which then funneled everyone out onto the main road at Hillsborough, which is a big dual carriageway, uh, which seemed to be less safe. <laughs> uh, but hey, uh, I think the police would rather us take our chances with the cars coming past at 40 mile an hour than a few uh, hundred uh, Millwall fans. Um so uh, the, they appealed that, and that the judge immediately threw it out. Say so there was no valid reason for them to uh, put this in place. So uh, what was expected was that the council would come back with another immediate um, kind of response, and they haven't. So uh, hopefully there's some kind of discussions to be had with the club, and they'll come to some kind of agreement where it won't uh, come back. Uh, for the time being, against um, sorry, our next home game, whatever that is, they will uh, be allowed, allowed to leave. Oh, yeah. They will be allowed to leave from Leppings Lane. So uh, less congestion, which is great for Wednesday night to go into Hillsborough. And hmm. hopefully our first court win of two. <laughs> <laughs> Second one might be a little bit more important than this one. <laughs> yeah. We're on a roll. Uh, a bit of weird news. Uh Mid-1990s Sheffield Wednesday striker uh, Darko Kovacevic uh, was the victim of an assassination attempt, Patty. <laughs> this week's been such a weird week. Uh, we've got a viral 19-year-old, which we do about anymore, um, and then this turned up today. So he's playing for... Uh, he's living in Athens now. Mm-hmm. Um, he finished and- his career with Olympiakos. So. Right, so Dakovic, obviously a striker um, that we had like the late nineties, was it? Nineteen ninety six. Oh wow, God, is that long ago? 
my age. Um, yeah, so apparently there was an assassination attempt. He's, he's fine. Uh, he didn't... Uh, the, the person did not succeed. It was two people that ambushed him as he went to pa- uh, park his car on Tuesday. Uh, I'm reading this from the Star website now. So one guy fired a shot. <laughs> uh, I don't, we don't know, no one knows why they tried to assassinate him. Maybe he's been dodgy dealing since he left um, his last club. Um, that's all we know. I'm just looking at the actual facts here. He's apparently currently the sporting director of the Serbian Football Association. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Oh shit! Is that him? That the picture? Christ! It looks like um, Blofeld. <laughs> <laughs> I do just want to point out, like, this was granted almost 25 years ago at this point, but I just want to list the list of the clubs that he played for around when he played for Sheffield Wednesday: uh, Red Star Belgrade, Real Sociedad, Juventus, Lazio. <laughs> You're right in there with him. We uh, we catapulted his career. Mm. Um, he just injured his knee. Apparently, he dodged out of the way and hurt his knee that way. That's all he did. I'd love to hear the interesting story. I bet Cover Cambridge has got a great kind of do- um, biography. A here's good a, book. Here's a great line on his Wikipedia page. Uh, Given the opportunity to showcase this about his time at Sheffield Wednesday. Given the opportunities to showcase his skills in one of the top leagues in Europe, uh, Kovacevic initially looked good, impressive in the air, and scoring two goals in one game against Bolton Wanderers in a 4-2 victory that saw him likened to Les Ferdinand. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no arrests have taken place. We'll we'll keep on to this. Stay tuned to Owls Americas for all the latest Dagwood Kovacevic assassination news. All right, now it's time for a transfer roundup, Patty. We'll start with the like actually reported news, which is that Moses Adebayo is uh, being allowed to leave in the January window. You know, as you, as you sort of said at the beginning of the show, Gary Monk has probably made it clear that he's not really uh, in the team's plans at right back, given you know they can play Iorfa Palmer and now uh, Eregide there. I had to scroll to is... look at the phonetic pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is uh, harsh on Moses? I've seen some really uh, crappy tweets today about yeah, the I mean, bio. Look, it doesn't... I think if we've learned anything from the uh, the Morgan Fox saga over the last couple of years, it's that you know sometimes it doesn't work with a player and a manager in a club, and then sometimes the combination... Or the mix changes and it works better for them. You know, it hasn't really worked for him here. I mean, he's had some absolute mares. There's really no yeah. way to there's no way to sugarcoat it. Now, do we need to be like shitheads about it? No, <laughs> but you know, I think it's just, you know it's nice that they're like basically giving him a you know giving him a chance to get first team football somewhere else. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out the way it goes. He came in me, on a free, didn't he? If I recall. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, was one of first. For me, it signals that um, Monk has a little bit more of a shout about who stays and goes, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe it's a bit more of a kind of step change. In we are going to let people go. Um, I also think that maybe there's something to do with his attitude. Maybe Odebayo didn't really take it very well. It was benched or excluded from the squad and a 19 year old got in his place um so it, it feels weird just to get rid of him after like less than less than half a season uh and less than i think play less than 10 games for us so mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to uh, mourn his loss. Uh, hopefully, he picks up another team uh, and maybe get some cash for him. Who knows? Also, potentially on the move, Jordan Rhodes has been linked this week to Celtic and Norwich City. Yeah, so this one, um, Celtic's been uh, sniffing around, I think, for the last month or two before January uh, window opened um, with, like, I, th- I think I saw two million. Uh, yeah, kind he's of, out of contract in the summer, so they're not going to get a ton, but... No, I think two million is probably the right, the price, yeah, the right price for me. Uh, apparently, their manager is a, um, an admirer of Rhodes, and obviously, we know that Norwich's manager is also an admirer of Rhodes, too. And I think um, they were waiting to get rid of somebody at Norwich, and that deal has gone through. I can't remember who it was. So now that basically paves the way for them to bring back uh, Jordan. Uh, I tweeted this on, I put on Twitter earlier on. I, I can't see why we're standing in the way of. A move away at the moment. Um, it, it makes no sense to keep him around. He's probably going to leave in the summer, play. regardless. So, yeah, if we can get anything for him at this point, we should be looking to cash in. And with clubs like Norwich and Celtic, they've got cash. Yeah, we can squeeze a little bit out of them. <laughs> um, so it's going to be sad that it didn't work out for Jordan, but uh, I think this might be his last transfer window with us. Also, potentially on the move, Sam Winnell back to Barnsley. <laughs> yeah, this has come around a few times, hasn't it? I think there's always been next rooms been going back, but it seems strange because he didn't really leave on the best <laughs> under the best circumstances. Um, but I mean, Barnsley now uh, looking for uh, apparently Collie Woodrow that they that they have who's doing, playing really well uh, wants to leave. Um, so there's I think people this is more of a definitely kind of IT care rather than anything with substantial substantial people like two and two together made five. So I think what they're saying is that we need a striker. We know the supplicity requirements. We know he's played for Barnsley. Woodrow wants to leave Barnsley. So I think they've just put it together to make this up. But um, I think Winnell could still move out of Wednesday. I'd be very surprised to see him go back to Barnsley, though. Petty, we can lean on your Red Bulls (laughs) expertise here, as Wednesday have also been linked to Josh Sims. Finally, my last season (laughs) at Red Bulls has come to some use. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we had uh, Josh Sims on loan at Red Bulls for uh, half the season. Um, And this was pretty much um, at a point when Red Bulls were not playing very well and uh, really needed something. Last year when they were? No, very uh, few times. (laughs) We were playing even worse when Josh uh, arrived. Um, And I think his, um, his pace... Uh, and his the way he plays the game uh, with such kind of like um, passion and kind of like energy uh, really helped us get into the playoffs. Uh, we were struggling for a while, um, and we and we didn't deserve to get in the playoffs. We got into the playoffs and we came out of the playoffs very quickly. Uh, but Sims is a right winger. Um, he played quite often in the in the kind of like four three three that we play sometimes with uh, Murphy and and Reach as the wingers and Harris, sorry. Um his delivery is I would say average to above average. Uh, I think he's quick, uh he's energetic, um and he's direct. Um he was playing against MLS fullbacks obviously <laughs> when we <laughs> so. Well speed and directness is a plus there. <laughs> Take that as a pinch of salt. Um <laughs> But uh, does he offer better delivery into the box than Murphy? I would hope so, but I, I wouldn't say until I've seen him against better opposition. Uh, I couldn't really say that for, for certain. He does like a shot. Uh, he, he tends to. Uh, he's got a couple of goals for Red Bulls. Um, 
I think it, it could probably could be an upgrade on on Murphy. Um, he the Southampton uh, seem to like him. He's a, he's a young kid, um, and a few other people are sniffing around him too. Rebels wanted to bring him back, by the way, um, but Rebels front office is even more useless than the Wednesday front office, so that's likely not going to happen. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be a promising signing if we did did get him for the half season. It's worth giving him a try in the championship. Wednesday have also been linked in the race to get Arsenal wonderkind Eddie Nikataya on loan. Um, there's a lot of teams involved in here. Obviously, his loan spell leads didn't go very well. Um, he's kind of a, a perfect fit as sort of like the small, fast striker working off a, a Fletcher or a New Hugh. So it'd be great if they can get him. I have my doubts. We can offer him playing time, certainly, which Leeds apparently really couldn't. <clears throat> Bristol are the favourites to get him. Um, I'm not sure who... I mean, Bristol's still got that Wyman. Wyman's a good player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know whether they're looking for a 4-4-2 with Wyman. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but they're apparently the favourites to, to win him. I think if, if, if we just say, look, Winall's going to be leaving, Rose is going to be leaving, we need someone to partner Fletcher who's also injured... You were going to walk into our first eleven uh, pretty easily, yeah. um, and I was saying to my my Arsenal friend actually, I was like, we should sell the benefit of playing against uh, an old pro like Fletcher as a kind of way to get him into come to Wednesday. He's going to learn a lot from partnering someone like Stephen Fletcher, and like I said, I think he's a good foil for Fletcher. And he's, he's a poacher. He's fast, a bit tricky. Um, so. I think it's going to come down to the... Apparently, he was hours away from making a decision yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be quite enough. Uh, let me check Twitter real quick here, Patty. We've got that any, was uh, about 36 hours away now. Any 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 news? Uh, the joys of the transfer window. Uh, last tweet here. Oh, we've got a Dom Housen thing on the star. Does it still say hours away from making a decision? <laughs> Let's see. Any news? There says any news on Kataya today. He is one of a number of players on Wednesday's radar. Monk is keen to add some much-needed pace to their forward line. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for that, Tom. Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Very helpful. (laughs) Wednesday have also been linked to Wilfred Bonney, who's available on a free and obviously has partnered with Gary Monk before. It's, you know, it's interesting. If he's up for it, I think he could still certainly do a job at the championship. But every time you say that about a player, that usually means they don't really want to do a job in the championship. I don't really think is the right fit for us. He's another old, slow guy. And we've got plenty of old, slow guys. Definitely slow guys. Hmm. And we also, Patty, to round out our striker, Troika, have... The new Ben Marshall, Connor Wickham. <laughs> he gets healthy for one game at Palace and gets linked on a on a loan move to Wednesday. I think he's been playing. Well, I think he had a couple of good games for Palace. Not just one. Sorry, my dog's throwing a fit. I'm just trying to calm him down. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not going to happen. I really doubt it's going to happen. I think Palace need him. Um, so. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, just as unlikely as Aidan McGeady, who's also been linked to us, um, because obviously we just like to re-sign people who've signed uh, in the past. That's uh, what uh, the football pros do. Uh, Gary Taylor Fletcher on the phone. 
If Aidan McGeady signs, I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm never recording a podcast ever again. Uh, he hasn't even got in the Sunderland team recently. I don't know why I know that's that's a rumour. That's where he is. I can remember him and Chris McGuire are both there. Bring Chris McGuire back. Oh, God. Ah. <laughs> uh. Now, they could use Chris McGuire for the Leeds match because he's a good uh, wind-up merchant, and that's always useful there. <laughs> yeah. So we got Leeds away, the return fixture of a KG, I guess we'll call it, nil-nil draw earlier in the year. Uh, I'm a little worried about this one. They never play well at Ellen Road, and with the uncertainty leading towards you know doubtfulness that Stephen Fletcher will be available for selection. I don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, break down Leeds' defense. Yeah, um, I think we'll see a similar formation to Brighton. In that, I think we'll go four-five-one and, and try and uh, contain them that way. Uh, and if Fletcher's not available, the best guy I think we have for that containment strategy is Atty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to go out to win this game. Um, yeah, he likes a winner against Leeds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could pop up with some magic, um, but uh, hopefully, um, we just—I think we just need to just shore up that defense, block them, and hopefully uh, get something out of the game. I'd be happy with another nil-nil. If I'm honest with you, they're a very good team at the moment. At Leeds, they played very well against Arsenal on Monday, um, uh, and obviously we're not as good as Arsenal, so we need to uh, play better. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that much worse than Arsenal. <laughs> Uh, who do you um, think should start in midfield I think it's a, it's a game that's going to require Hutch and Bannon um, if we're doing a midfield five I think I probably would start uh, Kieran Lee in that sort of like roaming role and then I guess Reach and Harris on the wings would you put Lees back in at centre-half? Uh, probably, but I'd be starting Iorfit right back in that scenario. Yeah. We did that the last league game, right? When we lost to so, Hull, yeah. it was Iorfit right back, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. the only change I'd make to that is I'd probably pick Luongo over Lee in midfield. Yeah, that's a perfectly uh, reasonable decision, too. I think, you know, I've watched Lee a fair bit this year, and, like, you can see he still is very like positionally aware and he picks out good passes. He just doesn't quite have the engine he used to have anymore, which is understandable. He's in his in his thirties now and has dealt with hip issues and lower body issues. It's unfortunate. Like I was hoping that maybe they could get another year out of him, but it hasn't quite worked out. And it's yeah, actually just... a skill set that we could really use right now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He seems a little, um, doesn't seem as strong. I know Kimberly was never that strong, but he was tenacious and he, he was staying on his feet. Uh, I, I think I, saw, I remember seeing a highlight of the Brighton game earlier where someone just literally flattened him. Yeah. He was like a black back to him. He almost like a wrestling move went boom. And he fell on his face. And I think the old Kimberly might have put more of a fight. Um, so, yeah, maybe he can get stronger with more training and, and uh, more match fitness. But um, right now, I think. Uh, Luongo's a better all-round option there. So what's your official score prediction, Patty? Uh, I'm going to go nil-nil. Optimistic nil-nil. I think we'll get and convert a dodgy penalty, but Leeds will equalize in like the 70th minute. 
Maybe one one. Well, both optimistic. Yeah. Where are the meetups for said Leeds game, Patty? Uh, two meetups confirmed. Um, I do think uh, that the Indiana group are going to come back uh, and get in touch soon. Um, but for now, the only th- things we have confirmed is New York at the Football Factory and at New Orleans at Fim McCool's. Is this like the first Leeds game that hasn't been like a 7.30 ESPN Plus game in like years? It definitely feels that way, right? And I don't understand why it isn't chosen. Not even just for the 10 a.m. ESPN game, which we get sometimes over here. Let's see what the ESPN games are for this weekend. It's, it's something stupid like Brentford and Bristol. Yeah. It's like there's no... Well, I guess no they're sense. both ahead of us on the table, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a fake derby and, you know, their teams... And the game always gets picked for... It's probably not complaining. for Sky. No, I'm not either. And you got big day Saturday, Jeff. You're going to well, you got you got your own podcast, 200th recording for baseball. I do. You've got the Leeds uh, game, and you're going to the Jersey Shore to watch wrestling in the evening. <laughs> you do not want the 7:30 starts. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, however, if you're a fan of Brentford or QPR, you get a 7:30 start on ESPN, and the 10 a.m. ESPN game is Charlton against West Brom. Yeah, that's what West Brom for, first. Yeah, sure. Still. Not exactly glamour fixtures. No. We have an update on the national meetup, Patty? Uh, not so much an update, just wanted to kind of always keep on the agenda here. Mm-hmm. So uh, people that haven't uh, listened the last few weeks, we are doing a national meetup in New Orleans on the 29th of February 2020, uh, which is uh, just over, so oh God, it's like a month and a half away now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have plenty of people signed up already. We are, I think, uh, lots of people from New York signed up this week. Uh, loads of nuance, obviously, and then Arizona, uh, DC, uh, Atlanta, uh, Florida, people from all over the states are coming. Uh, you can sign up at alzamericas.com slash national dash meetup. And we'd love to see you. Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to watch the game, Dabba County game together on iFollow. Uh, we might do a parade if there's enough of us. Uh, we're going to do a crawfish boil, and we're just going to hang around Bourbon Street and uh, get a bit Larry. So, um, yeah, get in touch on Twitter, Owls Americas, if you need any more info, or on our Facebook page, too. It's been episode 88 of the Owls Americas, brought, you by, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. We're on the internet at owlsamericas.com. You can email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesdays, Reverend and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask you rate and review our show as it helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, I do still have an extra ticket for the Jersey Shore Wrestling <laughs> event. I can't convince you to go. <laughs> no thank you uh my uh, friend is a massive gcw fan and yeah. i tend to get his spare tickets quite a lot too so uh, i do not want to spend from 10 a.m till uh, midnight uh doing football and wrestling again i'm on twitter at jeff Paternostro, and assuming i survive 12 hours of drinking on saturday in my middle age i will see you back here next week <laughs>